Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shiflet Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in today. I'm looking forward to chatting with you for a little bit. I was uh, looking at the date on the last uh, episode and it was December the 3rd, I believe. Here it is, January the 14th. And I thought, well, maybe I ought to just rebrand this whole thing a, a monthly podcast. I started out thinking I would try to do one a week and then I got to where I was doing one every two or three weeks. And now, goodness gracious, time flies. And I keep t- telling myself, I need to I need to sit down and do another podcast. I got people reaching out to me saying, are you still doing them? It's like, yeah, I guess I am. Uh, but I've got a lot of irons in the fire. I got a lot going on. And uh, this is just kind of something I do when I get a few minutes of free time, which I don't really have right now, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, I appreciate so many of you taking the time to email and text after each episode. And uh, you're such an encouragement. You always have such kind words, and I thank you for it. And uh, there's uh, the podcast is available on so many platforms. Uh, many of them I'm not even familiar with because I go through a a company that disperses them to multiple platforms. So just to be honest with you, I don't know what all I'm on, but um, you know, a lot of people see it on Facebook or they see it on my YouTube channel uh, or they listen to it on Spotify or whatever. And uh, if it's a blessing to you, I'd love to hear from you. It's uh, always as good to hear from the listeners and you're obviously welcome to share it uh, with your friends and family. And uh, if it's a blessing to you, it might be a blessing to them. Uh, but, uh, but the thought that's been on my heart uh, and I'm going to bring you up to speed here in just a minute with what the last five weeks have been like, an absolute blur around here. Uh, but the thought that's been on my heart that we'll get to here in just a little bit, and I have no notes. I'm going straight off the cuff here, just sharing with you what's on my heart. I don't have a single note in front of me. In fact, my Bible's not even open. I just want to talk to you what some some things that God's doing in my heart about uh, this this just crazy world that we're living in. And the question that I guess that I want to ask you is, um, what, what's it going to take? What is it going to take? What, what's what's got to happen in the world? What's got to happen in this country? What's God got to allow to happen for you to get 100% sold out? I have, I guess, as a pastor, been in a bit of uh, a state of just really... Uh, uh, disbelief at how many people are still playing games. They're just still, church is just a side thing. God is a is a weekend thing. They, they're just not all in. And I just wonder, what's it going to take? And I'll, I'll get back to that in just a minute. That was just a free commercial. I want to bring it to speed on where we've been. So uh, a couple of months ago, uh, I decided to do something very um, ambitious, I suppose, uh, which was to write a Christmas play and have my family uh, work with me on that and to do that here at our church for our church. It's been something that I had on my heart for a couple of years, and uh, I just kept putting it off, and time would pass. The next thing I know, it's Christmas time, and I thought, oh, well, I messed around didn't do it. Maybe we'll do it next year. But I had the realization uh, this past uh, Christmas that uh, with my daughter Marissa and her husband Nathan and the grandbaby uh, at some point this summer, uh, Lord willing, if everything goes according to plan, they'll be going to the Philippines. And um, I realized this might be the last Christmas that we're all here together for a while. If I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. And the problem is it was on up into November, I think, 
when I started looking at the calendar and I thought, man, I don't know if I can pull this off this close to Christmas. I sat down with my kids and I said to them, I said, if I write this and give you your script, your lines, can you learn them? Well, are we all, I need everybody to commit to do this. If everybody don't commit, I can't make it happen. And my kids were such great sports and they said, daddy, let's do it. So I came in here and I had a general idea of what I wanted the play to to look like and be like. I had a general idea of the plot, but obviously you got to have way more than just a skeleton to work off of. And I locked myself in here and the Lord gave me uh, the script for White as Snow. That was the name of it. And uh, I sat down and wrote it and uh, the Lord just let the story come together. And uh, I printed everybody out their copies and I began to build the set and plan the, the play and buy costumes. And we did practice sessions and and Marissa, she worked with uh, Zane. Her and Callie worked together with Zane on his lines. And my wife is not an actress. She had no desire whatsoever uh, to get on stage and do it with us. So it was just me and the kids. And, uh, and then uh, Callie's uh, boyfriend, Isaiah Payne, uh, he was also in the play. And little Landon, six-month-old Landon, got to be in the play. And uh, so this week, we had a great time working on it and planning it and put it together. And then we did it at the church here in December on a Sunday night and was absolutely uh, blown away by how many people came and how many people watched online. And I think it's got around a thousand views on, on our YouTube channel. I don't know how many saw it on Facebook, uh, a lot there. And we've been getting a lot of feedback from pastors and churches and people all over the country. I want to highlight about the Christmas play was uh, my dear friend, Brother uh, Boyd, Dr. Don Boyd, down in uh, the Gainesville, Georgia area, down in Hall County, Georgia, had a had a, 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 a showing. They did a showing at the fire station down there where he serves the Lord as a uh, kind of a unofficial chaplain preaching and doing discipleship down there. They had 40 people show up that night to watch the play on the big screen at the fire station and five people got saved and we had some saved here. And I tell you, I've just been uh, thrilled at how it turned out. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you go to my uh, YouTube channel and look at the Christmas play White as Snow. And it was just me and the kids and Isaiah and we had a good time. The Lord touched us and helped us and nobody flubbed their lines too bad. And it was, went really well. And we made some great memories of something that we will never forget and was able to just kind of let the church enjoy coasting a little bit. We did all the work, most of it. Had a few people pitch in and help with some of it. Uh, but for the most part, it was just me and my family being a blessing to our church. And so go look at that if you hadn't. And uh, we're, we're just grateful that we were able to do that. And so needless to say, when I did my podcast last month, I did not have a free moment. I mean, getting ready for that and all the Christmas activities that we have going on and the, and the Christmas parties and, and all the things going on. And then, uh, of course, the holidays. And, um, and we hit the ground running in January. And uh, I have been preaching off. The Lord's opened so many doors preaching off. I preached a revival meeting for a couple nights down in South Carolina for Brother Chad Watson and uh, saw the altars packed and people making commitments down there. And then I went to a patriotic rally down in Naples, Florida. First time I've ever been any, part of anything like that. 
but that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And then I preached again, even last night over in Salisbury, Maryland for a missions conference. And so I've been burning the candle at both ends. And then you add all, all that this week, we had my brother-in-law, brother David Young and his family came up and uh, he preached school revival. We had chapel every morning and uh, every day just got better and better. He preached for us on Wednesday night. And we had an amazing chapel service this morning. And each one of those messages are also on my YouTube, our church's YouTube channel. So go look at that. And uh, I'll, I may I may be wrong about my YouTube channel. The, the, the widest snow play is probably on the church channel. So you'll have to go find that. Uh, but uh, his messages, Brother Young's messages, every one of them are on there, including the one he preached on uh, Wednesday night, which I believe will end up becoming more of a classic, uh, Brother David will be known probably for that message. He's preached it several times, and every time he does, God uses it on the prodigal son, on stay home. If you hadn't heard that, you got to go hear that. And so uh, the last few weeks have been busy, very busy, crazy. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, for the opportunity now to just take a little bit of time. Our family will be on vacation next week. And so I thought, well, if I don't do this now, it'll be another week or so before I get around to it. So I uh, appreciate your patience. Those of you that uh, text me and, and reach out and say, are you, are you need to do another podcast. All right, here it is. Uh, I want to just take a few minutes and talk about this thought of what is it going to take? Now, obviously, I have no idea who I'm uh, speaking to. Uh, people all over the country will listen to this. Some immediately, some will stumble across it later and listen to it. I don't know where you're at right now spiritually, really, in your relationship with God. But I do know this. That if it if what's happening in the world with this virus and the government and all the division and all the unrest and just the the falling into apostasy that we are seeing, if if all these things that are happening, people losing their jobs, vaccine mandates forcing people to either uh, take a vaccine they don't need and don't want, or get fired and take a chance on being homeless and jobless, that just the the, the level of stress and anxiety chaos, confusion that is going on in our country today, if those things are not enough to cause God's people to get on their knees and humble themselves and pray and seek his face and get as close to him as they can and get as, get as involved as they can, I honestly don't know what in the world it's going to take. At the beginning of last year, 2020, when this pandemic hit, uh, the the uh, the patriot side of me was just smoking mad at all the overreach, the government tyranny, the shutdowns, the 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 complete dismantling of our constitutional rights, and the First Amendment, and and churches not being allowed to meet, and just on and on and on I could go. The 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 American side of me was my blood was boiling, but then the Christian side of me and the pastor heart within me said, well, maybe, maybe now, maybe now those people that only go to church once a week, maybe those people that only go to church once every other week, maybe those people that only go to church when there's Easter, Christmas, a funeral, a wedding, or some special event, maybe now they will get serious. Maybe now they will recognize that that God and the will of God and God's plan and God's purpose and the church and the agenda and the mission for the church is preeminent. And we need to make sure that we put God first and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I thought maybe now, now we'll see this happen. And it didn't. 
It didn't happen. In fact, people got out of church. People that used to go to church during the shutdown and during COVID, many of them got out of church and still are not back in church and never will go back to church again. They say, oh, I'm watching the service online. I'm watching the service in my living room. If you say so, there's no accountability there. You're a member of a church and there's not a single person to verify that you're even watching the service. No accountability, no sense of obligation to the, to the local church of which they are a member to help that church do what God called us to do. I feel like as a pastor, sometimes I'm herding cats. I get on the phone, I call these people, these people, these people. I hadn't seen you in a few weeks. I know, we need to get back in church. And I call these people, call these people, call these people. And then somebody says, you know, so-and-so hadn't been here in two months. And they said, nobody's called them. I said, well, I just, be honest with you, they're so invisible. They come in late and leave early. They don't do anything. They don't sing. They don't pray. They don't go to the altar. They don't give. They don't invite anybody. They don't speak to nobody. It's easy to notice they're not there. It's easy to forget they're there. And whose fault is that? Whose fault is that, that our country right now is burning to the ground? Churches are folding up. People are getting out of church. Missionaries are coming off the field. And people that say they are born-again, blood-bought Christians are AWOL. What's it going to take? Nuclear war? What's it going to take? Another Great Depression? I had a man sitting in my office just a few weeks ago. He said, I've been working... Uh, for this this uh, government agency for, for 25 years. He said, now, if I don't get the vaccine, they're going to fire me. And, and he said, why would God, why would God do that to me? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you been going to church? No. Do you love the Lord? Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, 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 so, so now you're sitting in a pastor's office having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation about God and look what it took to get you here. He got saved, bowed his knees and got saved. And God's been helping him. But sometimes God allows bad things to happen to back people up in the corner to get people to the place where they recognize they need God. And what's amazing to me is how bad it is and how many people still don't think they need God. Well, I couldn't make it back to church Sunday night. You know that? We got a ball game. I got to watch the ball game. Are you serious? Are you kidding me right now? In this climate where the world is, is teetering on the edge of complete collapse, inflation so high, the dollar's absolutely worthless anymore. We've got no gold to back it up. Who knows what's going to happen? And then you've got the medical white coat uh, mafia that is, that is imposing their, their corrupt, government-funded, unconstitutional, and illogical mandates on people. You've got policemen quitting left and right, law enforcement officers retiring, getting out of law enforcement, people losing their jobs. <laughs> I mean, I could just go on and on and on. I could go down this list that would make you almost suicidal about how bad it is. And I'm looking around at people and they're still playing games with God. They're still not faithful to church. They're still not involved in soul winning. They're still not involved in missions. And I want to say, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? to get you serious? What's it going to take for you to put God and God's plan, God's purpose, and the church, the, the vehicle by which God has chosen to evangelize the world is through the New Testament local church. 
I mean, you might be a member of a church, but if you're sitting on the couch during church instead of sitting on the pew and participating in the service, you're missing it. You're not there to pray for your pastor and amen the preacher and respond to the preaching and invite people to church and, and take a Bible and lead sinners to Christ and, and show little kids where the Sunday school classes are and show visitors where the restrooms are and give out welcome packets and grab a handful of tracks on the way out the door. You know, we're, this is another thing. People that hadn't been to church in six months, are you passing out tracks because you ain't been by here and picked any of them up? Do you go by your church and grab tracks or have you quit passing out tracks too? This whole, this whole idea, the government and, 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 the, and the medical field has taken God's people out of the church, off the pews, off the battlefields, and stuck them on a couch somewhere. And I just want to say this. I have never been more on fire. I have never been more passionate. I've never been had more zeal, more boldness, more courage than I've got right now. I make somebody mad all the time just for being bold and outspoken about the things of God. Well, I well, I just I don't I don't appreciate the way you said that. Well, there's a lot of things you're doing that I don't appreciate. I'll tell them to you if you want to hear them. I'm a pastor. God called me to stand up and speak and preach and tell you what God said. If you've got a pastor, God give you a man of God, listen to him. Our job is to provoke the people of God to love and good works. The words of the wise, the, the, uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the words of the wise are as goads. That's a cattle prod, by the way. I went to an auction last week with Brother Watson. We went to a cow sale. I went to preach revival for him. He said, I got this heifer I want to sell. You want to go with me? I said, man, yeah, I love going to cattle auctions. And so we went to a cattle auction, and I watched those cows and those bulls come through there. And, uh, man, we just had a good time. We sat there for about two and a half, three hours and just watched cows get sold. It was a, it was a, it was a hoot. And they had uh, the cows that come in and they wouldn't know what to do. And they was having to jab them and poke them and pop them on the behind with all these things to get them turned around and get them headed up the right chute. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11, or 12 rather, and in verse number uh, the 10, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. Let's back up to verse 9. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. I, we got preachers that are giving good heed, and they're studying, and they're getting up messages. I wonder if we've got any church members that are giving good heed and listening to them. And then he goes on and says, he sought out to find acceptable words, even words of truth, verse 11. And the words of the wise are as goads. The words of the wise are as goads. Preacher, what you're saying makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. Yeah, those cows in that, in that shoot didn't like it either when that guy was jabbing them with that cattle prod. But you know what happened? They turned around and went in the right direction because of it. And we need some, we got some Christians today, they need jabbing. Not, not, not a Fauci jab. They need a jab from the man of God. I'm about to get up a message on the jab you need. You need jabbing. You need a man of God to take a, uh, the words of the wise. They're as goads. And then he goes on in verse number 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. What's it going to take? For you and I, for the Christians, for the church to figure out 
what we're here to do, what God left us here for. Fear God, keep his commandments. Not make money, not pay off our car, not enjoy the pretty sunny weather and go golfing and go fishing. Go do spend time with our friends and our buddies and, and pursuing our hobbies. No, he left us here and our duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. So I guess I just want to leave this with you. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for you to reprioritize your life, your job, your career, your hobbies, your friends, your family, your fun time, all those things, prioritize them where God is at the top of the list. Well, I love the Lord. God, Lord knows I love him. And he understands I've got responsibilities. Yeah, I'm looking forward one day to being a fly on the wall and hear you try to explain to God why his word did not apply to you. I want to be the fly on the wall at the judgment seat of Christ and watch you stand there with all of your antics and all of your hemming and hawing and try to explain to the creator of the universe and the one that died on the cross for your sins why you had other stuff more important to do. I want to hear this. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for churches to get serious about souls? What's it going to take for preachers to get back on their knees and get back in their Bible studying and getting up messages for God's people? Stumbled across a, I stumbled across a preacher the other day that it literally takes my messages and reads them verbatim from his pulpit. It was the most shocking thing I have seen in a while. The funny thing is I literally had the outline printed out in front of me. I was going to preach down at my home church in Georgia, Antioch Baptist Church in Harlem. And I said, you know what? I preached this message a few weeks ago. I might want to pull this thing up on YouTube and listen to a little bit of it and get, get, get to stoke the fire a little bit while I'm looking at these notes. And so I went on YouTube, typed in the name of the message. And there was my message. And right under it was another man preaching about the message of the same title. And I thought, well, that's strange. I've, I know that's an original message. I may have told this before, but it still blows my mind. He was reading my message verbatim. Pastors are not studying, not studying, canceling services, canceling church services and streamlining their, their ministries. Man, what in the world are you doing? People need the church more now than ever before. Have you not read your Bible, preacher? not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We should be canceling services. We ought to be having more services. Jesus is coming back. How can we believe that Jesus is coming back and then start canceling services at the same time? That's a direct opposition to scripture. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to get out of, out of coast mode and out of vacation mode and out of sleep mode and get busy? What's it going to take for people to get involved in soul winning? What's it going to get involved? What's it going to take for us to take on missionaries and, and start reprioritizing our giving and our spending and our budgeting? Well, preacher, you know, it's, it's hard to give to missions, man. It's almost $1,000 now to go to Disney World, take your family down there. That's my point. That's my point. What's it going to take? I ain't mad at nobody. I'm just sharing with you what's on my heart. We've had a week's full of preaching here. I'm stirred. I'm stirred. Brother David Young this morning preached on that little boy giving his lunch. He preached on there is a lad here in our school chapel. My 
goodness, what a message. There is a lad here. That's what the disciples said when they came to Jesus. There is a lad here. I'm going to tell you something. There was a lot of lads there. But there was only one of them that was trying to do something. There was only one of them that said, you can take what I've got and bless it and use it and multiply it for the furtherance of the work of God. There was only one of them standing close enough with his ear inclined to the voice of Jesus to hear there was a need. There was only one that was willing to do something about it. There was a lot of lads there. But there was only one that was willing to do something. We got a lot of people sitting in our churches, sitting back like they're at the ball game. All we, all we need is some hot dogs and popcorn, and we can, we can have it going on. But they're not interested in getting off the pew and doing something. What's it going to take? Let me ask you this. If the evangelization of your city, your town, your, your community hinged on you, how many people would get saved in 2022? Let me ask you this. How many people got saved in 2021 last year because of you? You had 365 days. How many people got saved last year because of you? How many people went to the altar and got right with God because of your testimony, your influence, your leadership? How many people joined your church last year in 2021? How many people came to church, joined the church because you brought them there? How many people got baptized because of you? What's it going to take? It's 2022. I'm going to tell you what the old farmer's wife said when the clock struck 13. It's later than it's ever been. Jesus is coming back. This place, this world is falling apart at the seams. I mean, it's falling apart at the seams. And if you think the next election is going to be the answer, I got some oceanfront property in Wyoming I want to sell you. If you think that all this will get turned around with a, with a, with a Supreme Court decision, you're crazy. The Supreme Court made the craziest decision I've ever seen yesterday about these vaccine mandates where they're not required for jobs, but they're required for the medical field. Unbelievable. The Supreme Court's not the answer. The presidential election's not the answer. Getting, uh, getting the Congress and the, and the House of Representatives flipped, that's not the answer. The answer is you, ma'am. You, sir, a Christian, stepping up to the plate and doing what God called you to do and doing what you're supposed to do and quit gomming around playing games. The secret is God's people. He said, he said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, when there's no rain and the, when the, when the, when the, when the uh, locusts eat up the land and the, when the, the pestilences and the diseases are, 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 are killing people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. The secret to revival is God's people. You, if you're saved, it's you. What's it going to take? I love you. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening. And I hope that the, 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 the uh, episode today provoked you to love and good works. I want you to know that, that God's got something for you to do now. Not, not during the millennial reign. Now. He saved you 
filled you with the Holy Spirit, gave you his word so you could do something now that you may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, go to work. Go to work. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we shall walk in them. Go to work. Get busy. Do something. Make a difference. What's it going to take? Love you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.